What is that when you jump around and carry on and do the who dat who dat stuff? Who dat? You know, that's really kind of a, a fan. You know, that's that's our 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 chant. podcast back at you larry holder jeff duncan here on the athletics podcast network of course a huge week at the athletic nfl draft if you want to get involved theathletic.com slash duncan holder you can sign up through there uh, you could sign up through some of my articles some of jeff Art- jeff's articles as well of course uh, you get all of our great podcasts throughout the network all of our great written content with the NFL draft coming up. It is a bonanza of information overload, even so much. So you can jump on there, or if you want to just subscribe, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, you can jump on there and subscribe to the Duncan Holder podcast. Jeff draft week, always a huge week full of excitement, full of anticipation. And Jeff, you and me have talked about both sides of the ball in previous podcasts, offense, defense, and look, I think this is for maybe you and me, and obviously Saints fans, probably one of the most anticipated drafts we've seen in a long time, just in the sense that the Saints have holes to fill and they need these players to come in and be able to play. And so I think there's a lot of anticipation, uh, especially we're going to be doing right now a mock draft simulator. We're going to be doing three rounds and they have four picks there. And look, Jeff, I think these at least three of these guys probably need to come in and be able to play probably right away. It's also Derby Week, Larry. True. Let's just remember that. For the Louisville boy here, it's a big week in a lot of ways because obviously the draft's huge, but the Kentucky Derby is also big. So Saturday's going to be a great day in the Duncan household. And I'm look. I agree with you 100%, man. I think this is the most anticipated draft the Saints have had in several years simply because it's the first one without Drew Brees at quarterback. I'm I'm kind of curious to know if that is even going to affect how they draft. Uh, and what I mean by that is now that they're looking for offensive players, when they're looking for offensive players, do they look for different guys with different skill sets than the, the guys they look for in the past that might have been, I don't know, uh, attuned to Drew Brees' skill set? You know, he wanted the precise route runner, the smart guy that was going to be uh, attention to detail oriented does that even matter anymore so that's something i'd like to know probably ask mickey loomis this week when we get a chance to talk to him but i'm really interested in seeing how this draft simulator works and going back and forth with you about potential trade possibilities because i think that's exactly what the saints brain trust is going to be doing uh in this draft more than maybe any of any of the most recent ones we've we've seen yeah, look, we've heard from Sean Payton uh, last week at the Zurich Classic, and he made no uh, bones about it that cornerback is a must. They've got to do it. We've talked about this plenty enough times. It's been talked about all over uh, social media, media, you name it. It's been probably the number one most talked about position just because there's no starter there. Uh, Janoris Jenkins is gone, and the Saints need to do something there. And so I think that – that position is definitely atop their priority list. But in the same breath, and we're going to do this simulator here in a minute, look, if there's not a corner there, if they stay at 28 and there's not a corner there, I think it would be a bad idea to reach at 28 for a corner. I don't think that would be 
uh, smart at all. Everyone's going to have the ghost of Stanley Jean Baptiste uh, second round where that did not pan out at all. And that was a uh, more of a project and a second round pick, but still that obviously blew up in their face. But uh, I, I'm, I'm curious to see, because I'm anticipating them trading up because they always do, Jeff. I'm wondering how high they jump. And here in a second, we're going to talk about some scenarios of how high they might jump. But Jeff, are you anticipating that they jump? high not not necessarily high but jump to go get a guy that they covet well that would be um true to form right if it but i think it would only be for a guy that they feel is worth it right i mean i know that's kind of obvious statement but the point is this draft doesn't really play out well to where the saints are married up with what their needs are i mean almost every mock draft i've seen probably the same for you right is the the top corners are all going to be off the board by the time the, the Saints pick at 28. So I think that's why we're starting to hear some chatter in draft circles about the Saints potentially going up and getting, say, a Caleb Farley or somebody that potentially has, you know, a top 10 grade. That's right on brand with the way the Saints operate. We're going to get a value player. Uh, we're going to go target him and go get him if he starts to fall. I could definitely see that happening. It's exactly the kind of thing the Saints would do. Uh, look, they set a precedent in their very first uh, season here, they being Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton, when they gambled on Drew Brees. I mean, he was damaged goods to a lot of people, and they went out, rolled the dice, got him, and it changed the course of history. They've done it throughout their, their tenure here. They will take a chance if they believe their medical reports on players. So someone like that, I could see uh, them uh, leaning on their medical people and going to make a move in getting up there because at 28 in a draft where most experts kind of have 16 to 18 first round grades on players, uh, you're going to be probably uh, looking at a player with a second round grade at number 28. Oh, absolutely. Uh, usually, I, I don't think it usually goes any further than maybe 20 uh, that people right. have a first round grade on with the Saints. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I, I think if, if there's a guy that they want, whether it's Caleb Farley or, say, Greg Newsom from Northwestern, uh, because there's, to me, a distinct level of there's a top two, Patrick Sertan, J.C. Horn, then Newsom and Farley. And look, Farley, if he, if he was not having these back issues, he might be the number one corner. Like He would be competing for that spot where you're having to move up to 10, 12 to go get this guy. So, uh, but yeah, look, I, I think that, the Saints, it's a tough spot just because, you know, people want to compare. Well, remember when Marshawn Lattimore, he had all these hamstring issues and that wasn't never really became a big problem. Well, you can't compare one to the other because it's it's just they're different people. But still, uh, it shows you that the Saints aren't going to be swayed. But I mean, this is a little bit of a different situation with Farley. But all right, let's go through the top 15 picks. And they're and we're using the Pro Football Network mock draft simulator. It's one I've used for the last couple of years. Uh, they do a great job over there, uh, making it clean and easy to do. Uh, so it's it's the Jeff. It's pretty much the usual suspects. No real surprises that went in the top fifteen. Uh, so it's Trevor Lawrence. Uh, and obviously, this is a simulator. It's so players might be kind of out of whack, but I think the top fifteen was pretty cut and dried as far as players that came off the board. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Kyle Pitts, 
uh, Patrick Sertan, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, Jamar Chase, Justin Fields, J.C. Horn, uh, Panay Sewell, uh, Micah Parsons, Christian Darasau, Rashawn Slater, and Mac Jones. So the top two corners are off the board. All the quarterbacks have come off the board, the big-time skill players, the tackles. So none of this is a surprise. So my question to you is, as we are within the simulator at number 16, how comfortable would you be trading up as far as middle of the round? Where's your limit of where you feel like you would want to trade up? Uh, just your opinion. Uh, like, Because to me, I'd probably go to about 20. If I wanted to trade up, uh, how high would you want to go? Well, I think it all depends on who the player would be a, the, 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 would be available. For instance, if, uh, you know, Jamar Chase or somebody crazy dropped down, you'd be a little more comfortable trading up to get a player you might have in your top five on your overall board. But in that scenario, Larry, I wouldn't want to trade up at all because those are all the players that I feel like are, are worth trading up for. I don't I, like it. For instance, Newsom's not in there. I don't feel the need to trade up for Greg Newsom, uh, especially not from 28 to say the top team in in the high teens. I think that would be cost prohibitive, uh, even for the Saints considering their need at cornerback. So I'd I'd rather sit sit still and see who falls to me in that next group. All right, so I ran uh, a couple more picks as uh, you were talking, and uh, Greg Newsom came off the board at 18, so he uh, so he's off the board. And so uh, I've ran it to number 21. And look, the reporting that I think came out yesterday uh, from uh, Charles Robinson from Yahoo was that the Saints would ponder trading up for Caleb Farley. And they wanted to jump Tennessee. And Tennessee's at 22. And so I ran the simulator up to 21. So. Would you, uh, with Farley being the next corner on the board right now, uh, would you want to jump to 21 for Farley with Newsom off the board? Uh, you know, for me, look, I'm not losing my job or anything. Like, I feel like Farley would be a great fit. I would not. I'm not totally scared off by the injury, uh, so I feel like he would be a great fit. If they felt like they needed to jump Tennessee, I would not blame them at all. Uh, Jeff, would you want to jump to say twenty-one for someone like Caleb Farley? So he's on, he's still on the board, right? He is on the board. Similar. Yes. Yeah. What What do you think it would cost? That, that, let's look at if we looked at some past trades. Uh, you know, I'm looking at one uh, last year. Minnesota got up to number twenty-two, uh, and I'm not sure where they were at, but they went up to twenty-two with Buffalo and traded a first fifth and sixth round spot so it'd be something uh, like that i mean they might have to trade if they didn't want to get rid of some of their later picks i mean it might cost you a one and one of their threes uh, and that would solidify the deal or uh you know but it would it would definitely cost more than 28 obviously uh, so it would it would cost a couple picks but i think the saints probably feel like they have the assets to do it i mean if they that's the thing if they really are high on farley I think I, I see that they would have no problem trading up. I mean, they traded up uh, a few years ago from it was either 27 or 28. I think it was 27 to 20 to go get Brandon Cooks. So if, if it's someone that they would want and they feel like they'd have to jump Tennessee, which ironically enough, uh, they signed Janoris Jenkins. So he's their starter now. Uh, but <laughs> I feel like that they would jump 
and have no problem doing that because they've done it in the past. Now, of course, uh, if uh, whoever's at 20 or 21 at that point, if, barring trades, uh, would they want to make the trade? I think that's that's a, a question there. But uh, look, I don't think they'd have any problem doing that. And I think you and me probably wouldn't have any real problem doing that either. Yeah, so it cost them a third rounder to go up and get Cooks. That's probably what we're looking at. I would do it in a heartbeat. As long as my medical reports obviously, uh, you know, did not red flag this as a chronic condition. I've, I've read a lot about his back situation, and it sounds like it's something that occurred as fallout from, from one of his surgeries that he had. Uh, I think if the Saints are already being rumored to make a deal, then that would indicate to me that they're interested in him and that they have a favorable report on him. And considering their need, I mean, Larry, let's just think about it. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen with Marshawn Lattimore. He could be facing a suspension. They don't have another starting corner there. I mean, Patrick Robinson's the only corner with with veteran experience. I guess you could throw P.J. Williams in there. Um, That's a crying, glaring need in a division that is loaded with top receivers. I think it's a little different this year than past years where you do have to address that need because it is so glaring and because also your salary cap situation is so limiting to where what are you going to do if you don't get one in the draft? You're going to be forced to dive into your, uh, you know, into your coffer there, and there's just not a lot of money to spend for the Saints right now. So I, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Yeah, I'm with you. I would do it too. I'd have no problem doing it. Uh, and it's funny that you look at – Kind of, and we're talking compared Greg Newsom to Caleb Farley. I mean, look, when healthy, Farley's a better player than Newsom. Farley could be a better player than Horn, and he could be a better player than Sertan. Like he is that good talent-wise, and so uh, look, I, I would move up to go get him as opposed to maybe move up and go get Greg Newsom. I think I would, I would do that. Uh, even though I'm talking out of the another side of my mouth, we had our our mock draft among our all of our uh, writers for every team. And I traded up uh, to 21 to go get Greg Newsom <laughs> with Stephen Holder, <laughs> our Colts writer. So, hey, uh, but still, uh, regardless, I would trade up to go get one of them uh, around 2021. 20, I'd have no problem. All right, so I'm going to run the generator now. And just for the sake of the pod, we're not doing trades. We're talking trades, but we're not going to do them. So, Let's see where we go with the with the generator, and I will say, which which is actually pretty cool about the the Pro Football Network generator. When it comes your pick, they will simulate trade offers. Like we have three, we're to twenty eight right now, and they sent us three trade offers. Like Seattle sent us an offer, uh, New York, the Giants sent us an offer, and the Lions sent us an offer. So uh, all of them involve second round picks i mean i would reject all of them anyway i'm not moving on to this especially jeff the way this board just fell and i'll just rattle off the players that came off the board after 21 um it's uh elijah vera tucker from usc uh, travis atn quitty pay rashad bateman jamin davis who i like i know how much we talk about linebackers all the time i like jamin davis so that's one I would actually keep my eye on if they don't happen to go get a corner. And then Joseph Asai. So the board shook out that Caleb Farley is there. So is this a no-brainer pick for you? Farley, move on with your life, and then move on with the draft? 
uh, yeah, this would be the best scenario possible for the Saints because it addresses a huge need with a value player and uh, you didn't have to give up any assets in a year when you really could use all those draft picks because I really believe the Saints need as many young players on the roster, especially on defense, as they can. So, yeah, no-brainer. Let's select him and move on. All right, we got him, and I think Saints fans would be very happy to hear that, and I think the Saints would be very happy to hear that. Now, you're hoping the injury doesn't pop up, but that feels an immediate need. And when you look at some of the draft descriptions from our uh, our draft guru, Dane Brugler, who, oh, my gosh, I can't tell you how much I've leaned on him <laughs> in all my stories the last few weeks. Uh, the Beast and all of his big board is incredible. Uh, but you read the, some of the descriptions, and there's basically four corners he feels like that can start right away, and it's all the four corners that win in the draft. Everyone else is a projection, could be this, that, and the other, but – it's the one, two, three, four for Sertan, Horn, Farley, and Newsom. He feels like those are the four that can come in and play the and play the same style of corner, but press man, uh, not necessarily zone coverage. He feels like those four can come in play, can play press man right away. So I think yeah, the Saints would be thrilled if Farley fell to twenty eight and they were able to draft him. Yeah, he fits everything the Saints want. Uh, prototype wise in their corners he's 6'1 almost 6'2 uh, 197 he's got the size that they value got the long arms the reach uh, certainly was incredibly uh, productive at Virginia Tech at a high level all the things that you hear Jeff Ireland talk about that he looks for in a prospect and all the things that Dennis Allen wants uh, and Dennis Allen's a former secondary coach so he has a specialty uh, on the defensive back position, uh, Caleb Farley fits much more so than really just about anybody else in the draft. Maybe J.C. Horn's the other one. Uh, so to me, it's a no-brainer, uh, assuming his back uh, plays out. And look, for all the people that talk about how it worked out for Marshawn Lattimore, I mean, I can bring up Alex Anzalone as a prime example of a guy. Now, they didn't take him early, but they rolled the dice on him and he had mixed results there. I mean, he had all kinds of injuries throughout his career. Quan Alexander's another guy that had tons of injuries throughout his career, never realized his p potential. The Saints still rolled the dice on him, and he got hurt here. They've done that in the past, but it doesn't always work out. But in this case, I think you, you swing for the fences. Yeah, I think this would be a no-brainer pick. So, All right, Jeff, I ran the simulator, uh, and we are up to our second-round pick. Just in general, after you move from corner – what do you feel like would be the next on the Saints wish list at 60 if you grab a corner at 28? Well, you know me. I don't I don't want a linebacker. I can tell you that. So let me let me find. I, I wrote, look, I wrote a column this week. I, I think they need to add some explosiveness on offense. Now, the, that qualifier on that, Larry, is this is a great draft for that type of player especially at the receiver position you can probably get one of those guys in the third round considering you have that you know you have multiple picks there but I think that's a big time need for this team the more I look at it the more I'm concerned about the Saints offense I mean let's let's just forget about the fact they're going away from their Hall of Fame quarterback uh, you know for the first time in a decade and a half uh, that's a major concern but the offense finished 12th last year. It's the first time in the Breeze-Payton era they weren't a top-10 offense. 
and uh, they didn't have any hardly any explosiveness to their offense. They've got to get a guy that can make people miss in the open field, other than uh, Alvin Kamara. They need you know one of those type of jitterbug receivers to complement. Mike Thomas and Traquan Smith and Marquez Callaway. They don't have that guy on the roster. So to me, that's the, the second most important need in the draft. But you might be able to find that player in the third round. So I'm not sure I'd have to pull the trigger on him at, at, in round two. Yeah, I'll just say the, the receivers that flew off the board, uh, the big three obviously came off the board uh, early in round one. Uh, Rashad Bateman came off at 25. Uh, you look at Elijah Moore came off the board, the Ole Miss explosive wide receiver. Uh, Kadarius Tony's off the board. Uh, Terrace Marshall is off the board. Rondell Moore is off the board. So you're sitting at 60, and uh, I'll just rattle off some of the players. Uh, we're going to ignore corner at this point since we drafted one. But the top players left, uh, and we're using a pro football network board, which is it's it's pretty comparable I'd say to uh, maybe some picks are off uh, from our own Dame Brugler, but it's pretty comparable. So uh, you and me are going to have a hard time uh, maybe debating this one because Jabril Cox is here. He is, uh, he is on the board. Uh, uh, Jay uh, Tefele from USC, uh, defensive tackle. Milton Williams, defensive tackle. Pete Werner, linebacker from Ohio State. Michael Carter, running back from North Carolina, uh, Deami Brown from North Carolina, wide receiver. That player, I think for you, would ring the siren because he is the vertical threat that you are absolutely looking for uh, at, at this point in the draft. So, so Jeff, I know you're anti-linebacker at this point. If you wouldn't wanted to go with someone like Carter or Brown – would you be okay with that? Well, I like I do like Real Cox, so that's a guy that I think fits the need for the Saints. Uh, he's got a lot of the skills that the Saints kind of lack at their linebacker core, so I could I could be persuaded into going Jabril Cox there. The only thing that concerns me is, you know, his penchant for not being a real strong run defender, and I know the Saints value that highly at their linebacker position. But is that something they could coach into him? I don't know. Uh, but that's a guy. Now, I had Pete Werner uh, mocked to the Saints as one of their guys. And when I did my Saints kind of guys, uh, he fits exactly what they look for in, in, in every way in a player. But I was not sure I'd be comfortable taking him in round two. Yeah, I, I like Pete Werner, too. I, I'm with you in, in that sense. I think he could be kind of like a Mike linebacker. Uh, yeah. There, so uh, Nick Bolton is actually still on the board, which I think that again, this is a simulator. Who knows how it, how it rolls out? But uh, but Jap, so what pick would you be the most comfortable with? Uh, again, I'll just rattle off again some of the names that are around: uh, Rashad Weaver, edge rusher from Pittsburgh, who I like. Uh, let's see. Joe Tryon, edge rusher from Washington, is still available. I don't know if that will happen in reality, but still, he's still available. Uh, so, all right, you tell me a player. Which one are you looking for off of this board uh, that you feel comfortable with? I could go – I could be persuaded for Cox, and I could be persuaded to uh, Deami Brown. 
because I think he's a he's a good player. What about Tryon? Look, if he fell here, I think you'd have a hard time passing because I feel like he's someone who you look at and say, uh, man, he's got a bunch of upside, this, that, and the other. And so it, it would be hard to pass on him probably at that point. I mean, if you look at Tryon and, and say, where is he on Dane Brugler's board? I mean, he's in the top 35 players. So, uh, look, I, I mean, I think I would be uh, – I think I would look at someone like him in, at this point round two and edge – I think edge rusher is a is more of a pressing need than maybe people anticipate. So, uh, I'm going to let you make the call. Which one do you want to go with? Well, I'm, I'm having a little bit of holy kikaha flashbacks, you know, so I'm a little worried about these, <laughs> these you know, high upside edge rushers from Washington. But everything I've read about Tryon is positive. He sounds a little bit he's, – he's comped a lot to Marcus Davenport, which also gives you a little – Oh, bit of no. Don't say it. Sorry. I mean, the guy I liked at that spot is, is Boogie Basham from Wake Forest. He fits the Saints – uh, prototype better. He's 6'3", 274. Tryon's kind of a situational guy, I think. 6'5", 260. Maybe you can put weight on him, which certainly they could do. They would have the luxury of him kind of working his way into the into the uh, rotation there. So I would go Tryon. I, I would rather swing for the fences with him because we don't know what's going to happen with uh, Cam Jordan in the future with his contract and, and the drop-off in his production last year had to be concerning and we just haven't seen it yet on a consistent basis from Davenport. And, again, we're in a division where you have loaded offensive arsenals, and I think you, you can only add to guys, uh, only add pass rush ability and coverage ability, and we'd be addressing both those uh, in the first two picks. All right, let's go with Tryon here. And just basically saying he's too good to pass up here. Uh in reality, does he fall as far? I don't know. But, hey, we'll take him here for that sake and uh, and move on. So, Jeff, all right, you get an edge rusher. And so when you look at that in that sense, break down that position group. I mean, we talked about Cam Jordan, like Marcus Davenport. Uh, they're running up against the deadline to give him uh, the fifth-year option. And I'm sure when once Mickey Loomis holds his – pre-draft press conference that that question uh, will and should be asked. Uh, and so you have that, uh, you know, you have Tano uh, passing on who they just signed, Carl Granderson. So if you look at the position group on the surface, I mean, the Saints would probably feel okay rolling with who they have, but, but someone like uh, Tryon or uh, I'm with you. I like Basham a lot. Now he went 41 in this mock simulator. Okay. So, uh, which shouldn't be a surprise. But I like someone like him a lot just because of his size, and he hits kind of like that Cam Jordan style of, a, of an end in terms of size and holding the edge on a 4-3. Yeah, I think on the surface, Tryon doesn't feel like a press – a defensive end edge rusher doesn't feel like a pressing need for the 2021 season. But when you start looking down the road, it certainly becomes – a much more important need. And if you can get a guy that you think is a starting caliber player there in round two, uh, I think you definitely pull the trigger. I mean, the Saints believe highly in offensive and defensive lines. You get those guys high in the draft. They're hard to find top players 
at those positions late in the draft. Yeah, every once in a while you, you get lucky with an Onyemata or a, you know, a player like that. But for the most part, those are uh, projections and kind of raw prospects. Uh, so a guy like Tryon, I think, is a value pick. A lot of people have him going at the end of the first round. So uh, I think you, you take the value pick there and, and you address your needs in, in round three. We're round three. Ran the simulator. Uh, so we have Caleb Farley, Joe Tryon. So when you get to round three, is this the point where you're thinking, okay, Let's look for some maybe explosive offensive player that might be kind of lurking around. Definitely. And, and I think there'll be one of that group on the board. There's such a, a preponderance now of that type of player in the college game because of the proliferation of the spread offensive attacks. Uh, it's really opened up the game for these Tyreek Hill type guys, uh, these smaller kind of jitterbug slot receivers and there's about five of them in this draft and the saints don't have a guy like that on the roster at the receiver position i know deontay harris has kind of played that role but let's face it larry he's their main returner he's a little guy he keeps getting hurt because he's a little guy and he's kind of a part-time receiver he doesn't play that many snaps so i don't think you count on deontay harris in that role i think you'd go get a guy that has played that role in college and slot him in there, and I think it's a perfect compliment, and I, I'm hoping one's available in round three. Well, I might burst your bubble here, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll rattle off the receivers that have come off the board. Uh, Amonra St. Brown from USC. Let's see. Tylen Wallace from Oklahoma State. Deami Brown, Amari Rogers. Tutu Atwell, Nico Collins, and someone I know you like. And when you first mentioned him, I looked him up and I said, wow, he would be great for the Saints. Uh, Dwayne Eskridge from Western Michigan at 93. So here's the thing. If we were in the Saints shoes and you got two picks in round three and there's one of these explosive receivers that you like, I would, if they don't move up in round one, I have no problem. And I would totally anticipate them moving up in round three for someone that they would like because they have assets that they can move up to go get someone that did not fall to them, even just using, say, the simulator. Yeah. And the guys that fit that prototype we're talking about Kadarius Tony, Elijah Moore, Rondale Moore, Amari Rogers. Uh, Dwayne Eskridge and Tutu Atwell, all those guys I think would fit perfectly into the Saints offensive system and add an element that they don't already have. I've heard Sean Payton say many times there are different receivers, different kinds of receivers. The Saints have, you know, the big X receiver, uh, the guy that's going to be their receiver one and Mike Thomas. They don't need another guy like that. Uh, matter of fact, Traquan Smith's kind of that guy. I've heard, seen a lot of people slot Terrace Marshall into the Saints. I think he's exactly what Traquan Smith is, basically. Uh, so I don't think that's a guy that you need on the roster. Yeah, you could take him, but you don't really have a need there. But this type of receiver, I think, is the kind of guy, almost like a, a, a little bit of a more athletic Lance Moore or maybe a little faster Lance Moore. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, the Saints could use that. And I'm with you, Larry. If there's one that would, say, fall into the top of the third round, I think the Saints could, at that level, they could trade 
to get him and maybe not even have to give up their other third-round pick. They could probably trade a lower-round pick and go get one of those guys, and we know they would do that because they're aggressive. They could probably just trade a three and if a trade a three and a four and say, yeah. hey, all right, we'll lose our fourth-round pick, but we'll, we'll go get the player that we like. And, yeah, I, I would totally see that. So I'll, just for our pick now, because we obviously have two more picks to make uh, within our three-round simulator that we're doing on the podcast, uh, if you look at Dane's big – board as far as wide receivers the top 15 are all gone so you can wipe all of them off the board and if you're looking at someone who is a speed guy an explosive i mean i'm looking at auburn's anthony schwartz right here uh at he's six foot 186 ran a 425 i think that might be someone they look there and say, hmm, if we're going to look for some explosion, uh, you can look there. Uh, but you don't have to also tie yourself to wide receiver. I'll just rattle off some of the, the players that are left on the board right now. Yeah, what Kellen linebackers Mond? are left in this scenario? What's that? What linebackers are left in that scenario? I will go see linebacker. Uh, Cameron McGrone, Chaz Surratt, Tony Fields, Monty Rice are the four right there and again you do have uh, Derek Barnes is also available so you do have two picks here like I like Surratt uh you know I, I think he's a he's someone and I feel like we've talked about him on uh one of our pods when we did defense that he was a quarterback and then went to linebacker is almost kind of a similar thing as Zach Bond uh, so, you know, I wouldn't have any, I wouldn't have a major issue. I, here's the thing. If we didn't take Surratt at 98, I'd push to take him at 105, but there's no guarantee with this simulator, he's going to be there at 105. So, uh, where, where do you, where do you, your, uh, your mindset go with that? I think I would lean toward Schwartz cause I like him. I think he adds an element that, that vertical speed element. He's one of the fastest players in the whole draft. Uh, the saints need to, they need to accelerate their offense, man. They, they, they're kind of a pop-gun offense right now, and they need more dynam, dy, dynamism uh, to their offensive attack, and he certainly would add some juice. I mean, he's a 100-meter sprinter. I mean, like a world-level uh, world uh, you know, sprinter. Uh, so I would, I would lean to, toward taking him and, and, and adding that vertical element with a new quarterback like Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill that's got the arm strength to – stretch defenses uh, ver uh, vertically. All right. Dane has him as a fourth round prospect. I mean, we're at the end of round three, so it's not that much of a stretch. So, all right. You want to go with Anthony Schwartz? I'd be good with that. Yeah, let's do that. All right. We took Schwartz and now look, we're in a good spot. It seems like uh, at one Oh five, uh, because you had stone foresight, the tackle from Florida, Ellerson Smith, edge rusher from Northern Iowa, Deontay Brown, guard from Alabama. Caden Stern, safety from Texas. Quincy Roche from Miami. And Brady Christensen, tackle from BYU. So that would leave someone like Surratt, if you wanted him at 105, he's there. To me, that seems kind of like an easy pick for me. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know about you. I'm with you. I think he fits in well there. Smart guy, everything I've read about him. Uh, high IQ, all the things that the Saints look for. Uh, and certainly they have a need there. There's a spot on the roster at linebacker uh, that's open. So I'd pull the trigger on Surratt in a, in a heartbeat. All right, we did. So to wrap up our three-round 
mock simulator. We have Caleb Farley, corner of Virginia Tech. Joe Tryon, edge rusher from Washington. Anthony Schwartz, wide receiver from Auburn. And Chaz Surratt, linebacker from North Carolina. And so, all right, we're not making these picks, but after this, you have round four, uh, you know, uh, they have a round six and two sevens. Uh, what do you think they would maybe look at in round four? Just, we're not making the pick, but what, what do you think they'd look at, given the board we made? Well, I, I think at some point they're going to have to add another defensive tackle, uh, you know, a certain kind of defensive tackle, a run-stuffing a run defensive tackle, uh, you know, a guy that can back up Onyemata. I think they like Shai Tuttle and Malcolm Roach a lot as that three-technique guy, but I think they need another, uh, you know, run-stuffer in there because Malcolm Brown is – now, uh, you know, not on the roster. So that's a position I could see them adding. I think actually tight end, kind of fullback, is a sneaky position that they could add. Uh, I don't think their tight end position is done at all right now, even though I know they like Troutman a lot. Uh, I think they could add that position uh, somewhere in this draft. I know that seems like a crazy uh, thing to add, a fullback in today's game, but the Saints love using those hybrid tight end fullback guys. So I always look for a player like that. And they've drafted those guys in the past as well. So uh, it just depends on what's available. I think the Saints are always going to lean on their board uh, and what value they can get out of a certain position and target guys. They've got the ammo now to move around, and they've done that repeatedly in the past when they get to these day three spots. All right, Jeff. Well, I think we, uh, we're going to give ourselves an A+. Uh, we took the best player available, as, of course, that's what we always say and every GM says. Uh, he was definitely the highest on our board, every single player that we had, highest on the board, no questions asked, uh, and it's an A-plus draft. You know, I'm going to – you know, every GM is going to say that, so we're going to say it. Works for me. Yeah, look at move aside, Loomis, Ireland, Holder and Duncan moving into the, uh, the big front office spot. I think we – if they would got these four players – I think in the first two days, I think they'd be very happy. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, absolutely. But as we know, they'll end up just taking a guard at 28. It'll be it'll be uh, pitchforks and torches if they take a guard at 28, I think. What what I didn't ask you, though, what we didn't talk about at all was, was Kyle Trask available in any of those picks? I mean, that's a guy that you've liked all along. I've kind of grown <laughs> to like his, in the draft process, and we've heard him – linked to the Saints a lot through draft chatter. Would if he had been available somewhere, where did he go off the board? I don't think he went off the board. And I don't think Davis Mills went off the board. I mean, I didn't even really bring that up. Uh, but I think uh, – let me, let me scroll through the board. But I don't think either quarterback of those two came off the board. Yeah, neither n- – neither quarter – neither one of those, Mills or Trask. So – there was a quarterback taken in round – all those quarterbacks were taken in round one, and no one was taken the, the rest of the way in this simulator. How much do you think they'd ponder that? You know, they got two threes. Would they, do you think they would ponder uh, either one of those two guys? I, I think they definitely would because I think they view this extra third-round pick as, as Lanyap. I mean, they got it because of Terry Fontenot leaving. It, it just kind of fell in their laps. And so why not? take a flyer on, on a young developmental prospect, you're not sure what you're going to get with Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston. Frankly, they're not certified as the, the heir apparent long-term. There's a reason both of them are on these kind of short-term deals. I know that they signed Hill to a longer-term deal, but it's kind of a fake 
contract. So I think the Saints are, are signaling that they don't know yet that those guys are the goods. Uh, and so I think it, it would be smart to take a young player like that, groom them, get him into your program, especially someone uh, like Mills or Trask. Both of them come from top-notch systems. Both have, uh, I think, a lot of assets that fit into the Saints' offense. I think I would lean to taking one of those guys over Surratt there just because of the value of the quarterback position and the the uncertainty that the Saints have long-term. You just want to eliminate linebacker from the NFL. Like, that yeah. is what you want to do. Just yes. say goodbye to that Hanson. position. They got Chase Hansen. They got the rising Oh, my stars. gosh, Chase Hansen, the savior. <laughs> Not like they don't have linebackers on the roster. Uh, you know, Zach if they Bond, were any they good, drafted, they'd be playing already. Well, they drafted Zach Bond in the third round. You know, I mean, they, that's a guy they obviously like. So well, I, I think quarterback is a bigger uh, need, in my opinion, because I'm I'm telling you, Larry, I, we're going to talk about this a lot on this podcast going forward, and I'm going to sound like Debbie Downer as I always do, Donkey Downer, but. I am in wait and see mood on mold on Jameis Winston. I'm sorry. I mean, everybody's saying all the right things about him, and I want to buy in. I'm not saying he's not a, a great guy who works hard. Of course he is. But and so does Taysom Hill, but that doesn't mean you can do it on the field. All I'm hearing is all this stuff of building him up, but when it comes down to brass tacks, is he going to be able to make the plays when it matters? He hasn't shown that yet in the NFL, at least consistently. So I'm not ready to buy in to either one of these guys as the long-term uh, answer there. So I'm inclined to, to use use that extra third pick on a quarterback that might develop into that guy. Well, I think that's a totally fair and logical view at the quarterback position. So I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you. So why didn't we just trade up for, like, Trey Lance? I like Trey Lance. Let's just trade up for him. Hey, look, if, if the Viking, I mean, I'm sorry, the 49ers were to take him, I think it would be smart. You've already got Jimmy Garoppolo. You got a guy that you can at least win with right now. And then Trey Lance has all these, uh, you know, intangibles that I think could make him a, a home run pick at quarterback. So I'm with you on Trey Lance. If that's what the 49ers do, it sounds like they might take the safe route and take Mac Jones, who I also like a lot. But I think this year it would be cost prohibitive, though, to go up and get Trey Lance for the Saints at 28 in a major roll of the dice unless – Unless Sean Payton, uh, you know, has fallen in love with him like he did uh, Patrick Mahomes and feels like this guy's a home run pick, uh, then you then you do go for it because you, you trust your quarterback. I mean, you trust your, your head coach. You'd basically be going Ricky Williams draft uh, yeah. if, if you went up and tried to go get him. So uh, I doubt that happens, but hey, but you and me can do it. Hey, we're not, you know, we, we're, we're not going to get fired. We're not GMs, so we're good. We can We can talk about that. I just think, Larry, uh, you, you know, we're going to probably dedicate a lot of podcasts to this. The quarterback position, right now, I'm hearing a lot of hope. A lot of hope. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it plays out. But I heard a lot of the same things in New England last year with Cam Newton, and it was a disaster. Uh, I just feel like leopards don't change their spots. And um, Jameis Winston, I, I think, will be a better quarterback here than he was in Tampa. But I've just got a lot of reservations that he's going to answer all the Saints' uh, questions at that position. And I think the other part of it is the intangible factors that Drew Brees had 
they're impossible to replace. I mean, you can't think Jameis Winston's going to do it or Taysom Hill. Uh, those things are all going to play out here over the next few months. But I think the quarterback position's wide open long term in this in this franchise, and they they need to be in the quarterback market every year. I would agree. Well, we won the draft, so we're good. So our job here is done. So you can check out all of our coverage of all things NFL draft and everything else. Uh, theathletic.com slash Duncan Holder. Jump on the podcast. Uh, all of our podcasts, all of our written word. Uh, it's, it's overload and it's incredible work that we're doing at The Athletic. So jump on there and get all of your coverage. So for Jeff Duncan, I am Larry Holder. Thanks for joining us once again on the Duncan Holder podcast. And obviously, we will have more podcasts following the draft. So be ready for that. So for Jeff, I'm Larry. Thanks for joining us here on the Duncan Holder podcast on the Athletics Podcast Network.